Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 5 of Genesis chapter 5. We're going to begin reading in verse 3. And Adam lived a hundred and thirty years, and begat a son in his own likeness and after his image, and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth, were eight hundred years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were nine hundred and thirty years, and he died. Okay, well... Uh, now at this point, we're going to begin investigating the Bible's calendar of history. And God has placed a calendar in the Bible. That's not a possibility. It, it, it's not anyone's perspective or it wasn't Mr. Camping's point of view. It's a fact. It is a Bible fact that God has placed a calendar in the Word of God, the Bible. And we'll see the first part of that calendar in Genesis chapter 5. Actually, the Bible's calendar is um, twofold. The first part is, again, in here in this chapter, which lists... Ten generations from Adam to Noah. Noah was the tenth generation and then came the flood. We read of Enoch in the epistle of Jude that he was the seventh from Adam. Enoch was the seventh generation. Noah the tenth and, and the number ten points to completeness and God completed the first part of his calendar, it came to a conclusion with the flood. And then after the flood, God once again, with the family of Noah, began keeping track of time according to the lifespans of individuals and continued the calendar. So we, we have the pre-flood calendar here in Genesis chapter 5, and then later when we get into uh, Genesis 9 and 10 and into Genesis 11, we'll have the post-flood calendar. And it's interesting how God does speak of the world as though there were two worlds. He identifies the world that then was but perished in a flood in Second Peter, speaking of the 6,023 years of history that led right up until the day of the flood. And that means there's a second world after the flood. And God continued his calendar for that world, and the Bible records history 
where when it's all laid out, when it's all finally laid out, the Bible gives a biblical calendar, again, pre-flood, post-flood, that will take us through biblical history to the days of Abraham. And then once God reaches Abraham, he focuses in on the family of Abraham, which becomes the nation of Israel. And then the timeline goes Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob enters into Egypt. We have the 430 period. Israel's in Egypt. They come out of Egypt, 40 years in the wilderness. They enter the land of Canaan. And then God gives us the the period of the judges. And we have timelines for that. Following the judges, the Lord allows Israel to have kings. And again, God gives time spans for each of the kings. And it brings us down through history until the destruction of Israel in the north and Judah in the south and the end of the period of the kings. And then we have time spans that project and bring us from the book of Daniel into the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and so forth. So the Bible establishes the birth of Christ, the year Christ went to the cross, and so forth. We have a biblical calendar of history that goes from creation all the way to the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, let's take a closer look at the calendar that God has given us in in Genesis chapter 5. And again, it is a calendar that can be laid out and from Adam go for thousands of years. Now, the only question, and we won't deal with this now, but later on, is how do we align the biblical calendar with our Gregorian calendar? But that's a question for a later time. Okay, in Genesis 5, verse 3, And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness and after his image and called his name Seth. And we've already talked about the 130-year mark. It's 130 years since creation. But now let's talk about this phrase, called his name. It's obvious because there was only Adam and Eve that Adam is the immediate father of Seth. And we'll find when we search out this phrase, called his name, which is in the Hebrew, two Hebrew words, kara shem. Kara is Strong's number 7121. And kara is the word translated as called. And shem, the word translated as name, is Strong's 8034. And when this phrase is used, it indicates an immediate father to son relationship, which is a very important thing for us to understand as we're, we're trying to, um, see how God has laid out his calendar, how he has laid out the generations from Adam. It's basically going to fall into three different areas. 
one in the calendar will be a reference to Kereshem, where a father calls the name of the son. And whenever we find that, we know that it is immediate father to son. Or there are a couple of occasions where Kereshem is not used, but other information in the Bible indicates or proves the immediate father-son relationship. And then there's the rest of the references that do not have Kereshem in the verse, and also there is not other supporting scripture to prove an immediate, a direct father-son relationship. And with those statements we will find that it is not an immediate father and son, but it is a later descendant. And in the Bible, God uses the language of son. One individual can be a son of another and not the immediate son. For instance, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of of David, the son of Abraham. Was Jesus Christ the immediate son of David? No. Was Jesus the immediate son of Abraham? Well, no, of course not. Uh, Jesus was born some 2,000 years after Abraham and roughly a 1,000 years after King David ascended the throne. So he in no way was their direct son. But again, in the Bible, when there is a later descendant of an individual, that person can be called properly the son of David, or the son of Abraham, or the son of Zacharias, or or some other individual. And, you see, that's where God can hide information, where he can cloud the issue, especially as it was God's plan to keep the biblical calendar of history hidden on the pages of the Bible throughout most of history. And only when we reached near the time of the end did he open it up and reveal it to his people. Uh, primarily through uh, the efforts of Mr. Camping, as God opened up the understanding of Mr. Camping back in the 70s when he wrote the book Adam Wynn. And I would recommend that book to everyone if you can find it online, and I think you can. Uh, It's very, very helpful to see how it's laid out and and how the biblical calendar of history is in view in these early chapters of Genesis. And so God uh, could use the word son, and it does mean father to son. Or he could use the word son, and it means father to grandson, or great-grandson, or many, many, many generations later, like Jesus was the son of David or son of Abraham. Okay, now, Kara Shem... Let's look at a couple of verses. In Genesis chapter 21, it says in verse 3, And Abraham called the name, 
there it is, called the name, Kerashem, of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And we know that was his direct son, an immediate son. Isaac is not a later generation, but he is the direct son of Abraham. In Genesis chapter 25, it says, beginning in verse 25, And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And there it is, called his name. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. So both Jacob and Esau, twins, had their name called by their parents. And and so we know Isaac and his wife were the immediate parents of those two boys. In Genesis chapter 29, it says in verse 32 and 33, And Leah conceived... And bear a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely Jehovah has looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. And she conceived again, and bare a son, and said, Because Jehovah has heard I was hated, he hath therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. And we would find this with all the sons that she bore called his name, called his name. And it was a baby she was giving birth to. In Genesis 30, in verse 8, And Rachel said, With great wrestlings have I wrestled with my sister, and have prevailed. And she called his name Nephtali. And verse 11, And Leah said, A troop cometh, and she called his name Gad. Now, here they're speaking of children born to their maids, and not to them directly, but but insofar as called his name, and the way that's used goes, what's significant is that it's children born right then at that time. And for all intents and purposes, the way that these uh, children were born to the surrogates was counted or viewed was as though it was their own children. And so Rachel looked upon the child Naphtali as being hers because it was her maid. And Leah looked upon Gad as being her child because it, it was her maid. But but again, it is not some uh, child that is born a 100 years or 200 years or 300 years later. It, it was a child born right at that time. Kara Shem. Kara Shem indicates an immediate father to son relationship in the biblical calendar. So, uh, back in Genesis chapter 5, when Adam begat a son in his own likeness, after his image, and called his name Seth, then in verse 4, in the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth were 800 years, and he begat sons and daughters. Now, the timeline is not going through Adam. That is, 
we're not to count up all of Adam's years, as it says in verse 5, and all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. And so we have our creation date, and then we go 930, because God is not um, associating or relating the calendar with Adam after the 130-year mark. Once his wife Eve gave birth to Seth and Adam called his name Seth when he was 130, the calendar then follows Seth, not Adam. So Adam's 800 years or Adam's 930-year total lifespan, we could come up with a date for that. And and yet that is sort of like off on the side. It is not really significant insofar as the biblical calendar of history is concerned. The number 800, we wonder, why does God tell us that Adam lived 800 years? Well, 800, when broken down, is 4 times 5 times 40. And so each of those numbers, the number 4, points to the furthest extent. Number 5, atonement. Number 40 has to do with testing. And we could relate that if if we were looking at um, Adam still as a type and figure of Christ. We, we could tie that in with what God does at the time of the end of the world after 13,000 years. It's the furthest extent of the gospel. It, it's uh, when the atonement uh, is in full view because all those that Christ atoned for become saved. And the number of testing is in view as God severely tries his people at the time of the end of the world. 930 is a number that would break down to 10 times 3 times 31. And so we could see 10, completeness, number 3, purpose, and then the number 31, which I don't know what the spiritual meaning of that is. I've seen that number um, several times when you break down other numbers and uh, I, again, I'm not sure what the spiritual meaning of the number 31 is, but it's in the number 930. And just because we don't know what the meaning is doesn't mean that it doesn't have a meaning, but uh, I don't understand what it is. Okay, so so God here is is just giving us the lifespan of Adam. And Adam then dies... And he he was not murdered like his son Abel was murdered by Cain. Adam dies. And this is the first death recorded in the Bible that was not a result of murder. And, and so we can see that this death is just further fulfilling what God said to Adam and Eve concerning the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the day you eat thereof, ye will die. And they did die spiritually, but also death entered into the world, and and it came to them personally as their bodies began to age. Now, because of the perfect 
condition of Adam's body, the perfect condition of the world, it took a long period of time compared to our relatively minor lifespans today of 70 or 80 years. 930 years is a long time. But they had the sentence of death in themselves because of sin. And their physical body began to weaken, to see corruption, until finally it gave out. The the perfect human machine that God created, and it was a perfect creation. Mankind was a perfect creature, and his body was absolutely good and perfect and and would have functioned perfectly had there been no sin. But sin, it's why there's rust. It's, it's why um, everything breaks down in this world. You know, it, it's why cars break down and why things decay and see corruption. Because of the working of sin, it brings finally death. The wages of sin is death. And now Adam has died physically. The Bible does not tell us absolutely of Adam's spiritual condition. He may have been a child of God, or he may not have been a child of God. And if he was not a child of God, then at this point, he ceased to exist, and and that's it. That's it. He he was gone forever. His body would have turned to dust, and his uh, conscious being was gone. Uh, he he had no more um, thoughts of any kind. Uh, his thoughts perished in that very day, and he died like a beast. That's the language of the Bible. Well. It's a sad thing, a tragic thing, that Adam died. But, of course, it's the way of the world now. It's how every generation will conclude until the time that Christ comes. It goes on to say in verse 6 of Genesis chapter 5, And Seth lived a hundred and five years and begat Enos. The number hundred and five breaks down to three times five times seven. Number three, God's purpose, or the purpose of what's in view. Five, atonement. Seven, perfection. Seth lived 105 years and begat Enos. And verse seven, and Seth lived after he begat Enos 807 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Seth were 912 years and he died. Okay, now, here it says that Seth begat Enos, but it does not say that he called his name Enos. The Kereshem is missing, but we have to search everywhere in the Bible for all available evidence to see, was this an immediate father-son relationship? And we don't have to search very far, because in the previous chapter, Genesis 4, it said in verse 26, And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of Jehovah. K. 
Kereshem, called his name Enos. So the early generations are Adam to Seth, when Adam was 130, then Seth to Enos. And Seth begat Enos, or Enos was born, and Seth called his name Enos. He was an immediate son when Seth was 105. And and so, as we're looking, uh, trying to keep track of this biblical calendar, we have the 130 years of Adam, and now from 130, when Seth was born, we go 105 years to Enos. And so when Enos was born to Seth, the age of the earth is 235 years, 130 plus 105. From creation, it's 235 years until the birth of Enos. And the um, 235 would break down to 5 times 47, and again, uh, the number 47, as far as I know, is not significant, or we don't know the spiritual meaning of that. So, now uh, we, we have two people. We have Seth. Actually, at this point, Adam's alive, Seth is alive, and Enos is alive, because it's only... 235 years from the creation. Adam won't die until he's 930. So he's going to live almost 700 years more from the point of the birth of Seth. And and so all three men are alive. But God is not going to attach the timeline, the biblical calendar, to all three. Just as Adam's lifespan went to the wayside, so too now when Seth has Enos and calls his name Enos and Enos is born, will Seth's lifespan go to the wayside insofar as the biblical calendar is concerned. Enos is going to be the biblical calendar patriarch that will go forward, that we want to track as far as his lifespan. So in verse 7, Seth lived after he begat Enos 807 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Seth were 912 years and he died. Again, the 807 years, it, it is not significant concerning the calendar nor the entire period of 912 years. It it will play no part in the overall calendar of history, because this is referring to Seth, but once Enos was born, the timeline is following him. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.